Hi, everyone. Welcome to Elevate the Day. My name is Jennifer Cavello, and I'll be your host for this weekly podcast where I share my walk with God, the lessons he's teaching me, and how my life has been transformed because of my personal relationship with him through his son, Jesus. We're in season three of Elevate the Day, and the theme is, who are you? Your identity in Jesus. What does that mean? Well, you'll have to tune in to find out. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Elevate the Day. I hope you're having a blessed day. I am so excited about this season on the show, not only because of the topic, but because all of the great guests that I'm going to be having on the show in the coming weeks. Um, I really think you're going to be blessed by each and every single one of them. So I'm looking forward to it. And thanks for tuning in today. So before we dive into today's topic, let's open up with a prayer. Father God, I pray you open the eyes of our hearts today to see what you see in each of us. We know that your word never returns void and that you are faithful and true to deliver upon all of your promises to everyone who believes in you and your son, Jesus. I pray a special blessing over all who listen today. In Jesus' name, the name above all names, amen. So last week I talked a bit about how gracious and merciful God is to forgive us. No matter what we do, he is faithful to forgive us, which is good because sin separates us from God. And the last thing we want is to be separated from him especially in the times that we are living in now. We need to be as close to God as we can so that we can triumph in these last days before Jesus returns for his church. You know, when I began attending Bible college nearly four years ago, I had no idea who I was. I really had no idea who God was other than the scary stuff I learned as a child. I had a perception of him and of myself in his eyes that was completely wrong. Maybe some of you listening today have or had the same perceptions. For example, I could never be good enough for God's love. I had to earn his love by doing good works. The only way I could get close to him was to follow the rules and the rituals of my organized religion. I had done way too many bad things for God to love me. I was just this lowly little peon walking the earth, letting the world beat me up. Now, along with everything I was learning, that there was one book in particular that began to turn all of this negative and wrong thinking around for me. It's called the Blessing of the Lord, and it's by Kenneth Copeland. And I highly recommend you pick up a copy of it today and read it. The book outlined all of the promises and blessings that God has in store for his children, all those who believe in him and his son. I was floored after I read this book, and, and I know that you are really going to be blessed by it. So I do hope you grab a copy. So in the book, I really began to learn about how God originally and still does <laughs> intend for us to live. 
I learned about all of the gifts that he has made available to us. And I learned how to activate all of this through my faith in Jesus. Slowly but surely, I began to let go of all those old beliefs that held me back. And I began to see myself as God sees me. And let me tell you, it's a world away from how I saw myself and how others saw me. Because of my faith in Jesus, because I had been saved, I could tap into every single one of God's promises, from the simplest to the most amazing. For example, God promises to provide for us, as it says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Let's look at this for just a moment. It says God will supply all our needs, not one or two, all. And he's not supplying them from some flimsy place that has crumbs. He's supplying them according to his riches, his riches. And that, my friend, is rich. <laughs> so move out of the way, Jeff Bezos, because my God is a whole lot richer than you. So what does this tell us? Well, simply, it says God will take care of us. He will supply us with everything that we need. Why? Well, because he loves his kids. <laughs> That's why. What parent doesn't provide for their children? God supplies us with everything we need, whether it be food on the table, a job, healing, prosperity, friends, a spouse, children, everything. He wants us to be happy. It's his will for us to be happy. Let's look at some of the people in the Bible that prove this. Abraham, he was mega, mega rich. <laughs> Solomon, he was richer than anyone who has ever lived, even today. No one was wealthier than he was. David was like a bazillionaire. So if you ever hear anyone telling you that God wants you to be poor or unemployed, you now know that that is not true. God doesn't want you to just get by. He doesn't want you to break even. No, he wants you to prosper. A little caveat, though. God does want you to have money and nice things, but he does not want those things to have you. When your desire for money and possessions takes over your life, that's not God's will. He's not going to be too happy about that. Remember what happened to Lucifer, the angel? He was rich beyond rich, managing all of the financials. But then he got a bit too full of himself and he wanted more. He wanted to be God. Well, that's not happening. And poof, in the blink of an eye, he was cast out of heaven into hell. So my advice to you, don't love your money more than you love God. <laughs> okay, so we know that God wants us to prosper. That's one of his promises. But what else does God want for us? Well, he wants us to be healed and healthy. He doesn't want us to be sick. He doesn't want us to be weak. He wants us well every single day of our lives. 
Let's take a look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, that says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Notice that this verse says, you were healed. Not, you will be healed. Not, maybe you'll be healed. But rather, you were healed. That means it's a done deal. It's a done deal because Jesus' stripes represent every single sickness, even ones we haven't defined yet. It doesn't matter. God's word says that we were healed. So we're healed of anything that tries to come against us in our bodies. Now, you might be saying, well, if that's true, why are people dying then if God says we're healed? Why is COVID still here? Well, remember what I said earlier. We get to partake of all of God's promises as believers in him and his son. So that's step one. But are we walking in these promises? Are we declaring that our bodies are healed? Or are we walking around in fear every day, complaining about this ache or that illness? Do your words match God's words? If they don't, well, then you can't blame God if you're not prospering or you're not healed. Now, I don't say this to condemn you, not, not at all. I had to learn this and I'm still learning it. I have to remind myself every single day of God's promises. Just because I'm a born-again Christian doesn't mean magically I walk around every day on a fluffy cloud with wings on my back. No, no, not at all. I have to declare God's promises every single day. Because guess who wants me to forget God's promises? Guess who wants to remind me that I'm not healed? I'm not prosperous. I'm not successful. I'm not blessed. My kids aren't blessed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's Satan. He wants nothing more than to make me feel like a loser, like God doesn't love me, that God wants me poor and sick. Remember what it says in John chapter 10 verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his purpose and his plan for you. But that's not God's plan. God's plan is for you to have life and to have it abundantly. If you read no other verse in the Bible, this one really says it all. Satan wants you dead. God wants you alive. Satan is everything negative in your life. God is everything positive. This is your litmus test every single day. If you're feeling bad or sick or confused, that's not God. It's not. It can't be because it's not who he is. So if it's not God, then who is it? Well, we've already said it's Satan. He wants to steal your joy, your peace, your prosperity. And furthermore, if you blame God for anything negative in your life, Satan does the happy dance. As believers in Jesus, we really don't have any right to walk around in a pity party. No right at all. It's a slap in the face to all Jesus went through. And when you study what he went through for us, it will humble you 
like nothing else. Whenever I find myself sliding down that slippery slope of self-pity or sadness, or if a hiccup in my health rears up, I have to make it a point to declare God's word. I have to claim the victory. I have to speak truth over my life. If I don't, well, there's a voice that's more than happy to speak to me. My job is to speak louder. And guess what? God didn't make me of Sicilian descent and one of six children so that I could speak quietly. <laughs> he gave me a big mouth and I use it. So to summarize, as a child of God, you have to take authority over the devil, over your own fleshly desires. You have to speak truth. You have to declare the promises of God over your life and your children's lives, if you have children, every single day. If you don't see victory today, you speak again tomorrow. If it doesn't come tomorrow, you speak it again. You keep speaking it until you see the victory, whether that's in your finances, your health, your kids, whatever it is, you speak it until you see it. Never, ever, ever speak what you see. It's a lie. Don't fall for it. As soon as you feel you're about to speak something negative, smack yourself upside the head. <laughs> or the Bible says it a little nicer. Um, <laughs> Take every thought captive, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. What does this mean? So, cast down. That means don't lend any credence to it. Don't speak it. Don't let it gain a foothold in your life. Don't let it take root. Every high thing. What's that? Well, it's anything to, that tries to make itself bigger than God. Debt is not bigger than God. Sickness is not bigger than God. Unemployment is not bigger than God. Nothing is bigger than God. Nothing. So bring your thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So any thought that tries to be the boss of you, well, you need to tell them who's boss in your life, and that's Jesus. You say to that thought, that disease, that wayward child, that whatever, you're not the boss of me. Jesus is. Jesus did not die on that cross for you to live a wimpy, helpless, hopeless life. He died and experienced hell so that we could live in victory. It's, it's kind of crazy to think anyone would do that for us, but he did. And he did it voluntarily. No one forced him to go. God didn't say, Jesus, you have to go down there and do this for all of my people. Nope. When God the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit were talking about their plans for the world and for man, God said, you know, man's going to need a way out, a savior. They're going to need someone who will take the fall so that they can be reconciled back to me. Immediately, Jesus's hand went up. I'll do it. I'll do it. So, yeah, Jesus is kind of a rock star. <laughs> He's our way, our truth. He's the life. He's the way to the Father. He's our champion. He's our victor, our healer, our provider. The list goes on and on.
But it really is up to us if we want to live in victory or do we want to live like a victim? Do we want all that God has in store for us? Some of what he has in store for us? None of it? I don't know about you, but I'm a little greedy. I want it all. And I want it all for my kids, too. And I want it for you. That's why I wanted to do this topic this season. I want you to walk in victory every single day of your life. And I pray after today's show that you'll do just that. So thanks for listening today. I'm so happy that I was able to share this word with you, and I pray that it blesses you in some way. Here are the scriptures I mentioned. There's just a few of them, but they really are very powerful, and I hope you'll write them down and declare your victory in Christ today and every day. Oh, and be sure to pick up a copy of Kenneth Copeland's book, The Blessing of the Lord. And if you really want to jumpstart your victory march, pick up Favor, The Road to Success by Bob Buss. That's B-U-E-S-S. I just finished reading this, and it is amazing. Oh, and one more thing. If you want that list of confessions that I talked about, email me at jc at jennifercavello.com and I'll send you a copy. Speaking these words every day will transform your life. Okay, here are the scriptures. Philippians chapter four, verse 19. First Peter chapter two, verse 24. John chapter 10, verse 10. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse five. So until next time, I pray you have a blessed and victorious day. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Elevate the Day. My new book, Finding God, Finding Me, is now available on Amazon in ebook or paperback. This is a true beauty for ashes story and the transformation that God did in me. Pick up a copy today. When you visit my website, jennifercavello.com, be sure to sign up for my weekly Elevate the Day newsletter, which I send out every Sunday morning. And don't forget to follow Elevate the Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I welcome your feedback and ideas for future shows, as well as suggestions for guests. Just go to my website, that's jennifercavello.com, to email me. And be sure to tell your friends about my podcast so you can elevate their day too. God bless you and have a wonderful day.